You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. I've done much studying. I've written this message a few times. The title is, Is There More? Living on a promise. Living on a covenant. Living on a promise. She loves this. <laughs> the, the Lord has just kind of hit me, right, with, with all this. Sometimes there's more, right? So we're living on a promise the day that I said, will you marry me? I asked her, right? We're living on a promise. There's hopes. There's dreams. There's a reality of life. Then we made a covenant. Richer or poor, better or worse. Health and sickness till death do us part, right? The message is all about promise and covenant tonight. I wasn't good. Some days I'm still not. 10 years ago, we made a second covenant. This is my wife. Genesis 12, one through three, living on a promise. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curses him that, I will curse him that curses thee and then and thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, may we rest in your presence. Lord God, I feel your presence. May I be obedient to your spirit, not rush through anything. Help me to not miss a point that you would have pointed out. I ask your blessing and your anointing all over us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, and amen. It's a calling. He says, get thee out. It's a promise to Abraham. He's saying, get out. I'll make of you a great nation. I'll make something of you. You'll be something for me, is what he's saying. Because of you, all the families in the earth will be blessed. This calling wasn't for his earthly father. It wasn't for his earthly mother. This calling was for him. There was no promise. There was no inheritance promised to his father is what the word tells me. It tells me that Abram's father uh, bought and sold idols. In Joshua 24 and 2, Joshua said to the people of Israel, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, included Terah, the father of Abraham and Naor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshiped other gods. 
Listen, this calling is for Abraham. The calling that's on your life, it wasn't for your father. It was for you. I don't know where you come from, but he lived in a land of idols and worshipers and other gods. But God called him out. He said, get up and go. The calling that was on my life isn't what my father had. The calling that's on my life isn't for the other 10 siblings that my parents had. It's just for me. It's my calling. What is your calling? Do you even know? If you don't know, I would ask you to seek the Lord and say, what is my calling, God? And I believe that he'll reveal it to you. God is a God that reveals truth. Amen? God is a God that calls you out of darkness. He called Abram out of darkness and said, follow me and I will show you the land that I will promise you. The spirit of the Lord still draws us today and he draws us out of darkness. Amen. In verse four, he says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. The Lord appeared before Abram as he's traveling in the land of Canaan and God spoke a promise to him. He said, I'm going to give this land to you and to your descendants. If you don't know, it's just Abram, his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot traveling. It's the promise. The promise is that he's going to make him a great nation. The promise is that, that he's going to make something out of him. Now they're old. They're 75 years old. They're old. They're traveling. They have no descendants. Sorry to anybody that's 75 years of age, <laughs> but you're old, right? But the Lord's not done with you. Amen. The Lord's not done with you, right? The Lord is promising a land to his descendants, but there are none. There's not even one in the oven. Amen. Listen, he travels to the land of Canaan and there's famine in the land. Man, what kind of promise is this? I get to the land where I'm supposed to be and it's dry. It's not bearing fruit. There's nothing there for me. What am I supposed to do? So what does he do? He keeps traveling. He's the man I'm going to provide. So we're going to keep going south. And he runs into the land of Egypt. And before he gets to, to Pharaoh's land, he says, now listen, you need to tell them that you are my sister, because if you don't, I'm afraid of what will happen to me. In the, in the King James Version, Abram says, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Cindy, you are a fair woman to look upon. The, King, the new King James says, I know that you are a woman of a beautiful countenance. The Egyptians recognized her as a very beautiful lady and took her into Pharaoh's house, just like Abram thought would happen. Because of her beauty, though, Abram was treated well. They gave him, they blessed him with, with sheep, with oxen, with donkeys, with camels, with men and maidservants. Abram might have even been thinking, man, what a trade, you know? But the Lord did something. He plagued Pharaoh with great plagues because he took Sarah, Sarah from Abram. The Lord is a keeper of his promise. And he said, I will curse those that curse you. By taking Sarah, it was a cursing to Abraham, Abram. So how is the promise working for Abram? In Genesis 13, 2 and 6, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Verse 6, and the land was not able to bear them, that they, Lot and Abram, might dwell together, for their substance was so great, so they could not dwell together. The Lord had blessed them greatly. Man, he has multiplied. 
Who knows what they were traveling with? It didn't say that they were moving out of the country with a whole lot of stuff, not an inheritance from his dad. But here they've received so much that they can't even dwell together. They can't live in the same, his nephew can't even live in the same territory with him. God has blessed them so much. It's to the point where they got to separate. And he says, Lot, pick which land you want. And I love how the Lord always works it out. Lot says, I'll take the plain over there past Jordan, which left Abram, the promised land of Canaan. Amen. Chapter 14, Lot and all of his goods get captured. And Abraham hears the news of his nephew being captured. So he arms his 318 trained servants. Man, pastors trying to arm 600 trained servants. Why? So they can go in and chase what the devil took from them, bring it back. He, he, he armed his 318 trained servants and gave chase, taking back Lot and all of his goods and all the people from the land of Sodom. Because of the victory, Abraham, Abram gave a tithe unto the Lord because it was the Lord's blessing for the victory. Amen? That was living on the promise. That's living on a promise. We live on a promise. Chapter 15, God makes a covenant with Abram. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Man, he's still beating himself up. He's still whipping up on God. He's saying, I don't understand how, how this can be a promise. I don't understand how you can make a covenant with me to make me a great nation. That my descendants will inherit the land. I don't understand how this is going to work because I still have no offspring. And the Lord answers with, you will have an heir and he will come from your body. The Lord takes Abraham outside and he says, look, look at the heavens, count the stars. Your descendants will be as great as you can count. I don't know how dark it was in those days, but I'm sure they see a lot more stars than what we do. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. God then requires the blood covenant. Abram offers what God asked of him, a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. The blood sacrifice. It was the covenant that was made that brought the unity. No longer a promise, but it was the blood of the sacrifice animals that brought the covenant. It's been 10 years in chapter 16. It's been 10 years. And Abram's 85 now. And there's still no child. He still has no heir for the nation that's been promised to him. So Sarah, she takes matters into her own hands and tells Abram to go sleep with her maidservant. This is Hagar, go into her, and this is how we'll get our heir. And Abram did as Sarah requested, and Hagar had a son, Ishmael. But this wasn't God's plan. It wasn't the covenant that God had promised. Chapter 17, Abram is now 99 years old. Verse one, and when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, meaning Lord El Shaddai, meaning El is strong, Shaddai is the breasted one, meaning that, that 
He is the one and only true God. And only God alone is the strong nourisher, mm, the strength giver, and the life giver. It's the second covenant. He's starting to build a covenant with him. He tells him, walk before me and be thou perfect. He's reminding Abram, listen, you've done things in the past that I didn't ask of you. You were living on a promise. We broke, we broke the blood. We made a covenant, but you still slept with somebody that you weren't supposed to. You went to Egypt and you lied. Now I want you to understand. I want you to walk before me and be thou perfect. This is what God is asking of him. God reminded him of all the deceit. He says, I want you, Abraham. I want you, Abram, to be clean. Verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee. No longer Abram. Abram was exalted father. Now he is Abraham, father of a multitude. Verse six, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. How much more fruitful could he be? The territory, the territory couldn't even hold him and lot together. How much more in the covenant is God willing to give? He was living on a promise and already had an abundance. How much more does God have for us? And I will make, I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. What a promise. God just made a covenant with Abraham that his seed would be forever. Think about that today. There's somebody in this world, if not many, that are a seed of Abraham still walking around saying my great, 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 great grandfather was Abraham. Whew, could you imagine being that descendant? How was he going to make him a great nation? Well, Ismael had 12 sons. Jacob had 12 sons. You think about it, probably all the Arab nations came from Abraham and his kids. Let's go New Testament. How about another person living on a promise? Matthew 4 and 19 Simon Peter and Andrew are on a boat getting ready to fish. Actually, they're coming in from fishing, and Jesus wants to step out and teach. He wants to get away from the crowd, and he asks him, just launch out just for a little bit, and let me teach. And after he's done teaching, he looks at him, and he says, listen, cast your nets. Let's go, let's go out into the deep, and let's cast our nets. And they said, we've fished all night. We've caught nothing. But at your word, at your word, We'll drop the nets. The nets dropped and it was so full that the boats almost sank. It took, it took their other fishing buddies to come in to pull the nets together. And the boats come ashore. Peter falls to his face and he repents. And Jesus tells him in 4 and 19, he says, he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God said to Abram, get thee out and I will show you the way. Jesus is saying, follow me and I'll show you the way. John 3.16 is the promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The promise, if we believe on Jesus, we will not perish and we'll have everlasting life. But is there more? 
Is there more to the promise? Mark 3, 14 and 15. And he, Jesus, ordained the 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. Mark 6 and 13. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil, many that were sick and healed. Living on the promise. Jesus is with them. They're not just living on the promise. They're living with the promise at this time because Jesus has not been crucified. They're living. They're walking with the covenant. They're walking with the one who's teaching them, training them, maturing them, encouraging them, loving on them, even whenever they make a mistake and they couldn't heal the, 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 the boy that was demon-possessed. It takes fasting and prayer. That's why you couldn't bring that demon out. He still loves them. He still encourages them. He's still bringing them to the forefront of their calling. He says unto them, <clears throat> they, they walk into the town and everyone's talking about Jesus. So he says unto them, who do you think that I am? Simon Peter gets a revelation. Thou art Christ, the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, can you imagine? Peter, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. It's a promise. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now he's making another promise to him. He says, Peter, that revelation, it was, it was from God. It was from the Father. And I'm going to make you the rock. I'm going to make you the foundation that the church is built upon. I can only imagine that his head exploded this big. And he looked at the other 11 and he said, brothers, I'm the chosen one. I'm the one. Stirring problems, just like Peter always does. Jesus tells Peter, in Luke 22, that Satan desires to have him, to sift him like wheat. Verse 32, Jesus says unto him, he says, but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. That word has gotten all over me. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. How do you get converted? You gotta fall in love with Jesus. You gotta confess your sins. You gotta ask him to become the Lord of your life. You get converted by him coming in. You get converted by the Holy Spirit anointing that's coming in. He says, when thou art converted, man, he has walked with him, he has trained him up, and he says to him, when you are converted, strengthen your brother. Maybe he hasn't caught the full revelation of who Jesus is, who God the Father is. Jesus is crucified. And it tells us what? Peter denied him three times. Peter fell hard, living on the promise. Can you imagine the tears that rolled out of him? I walked with him for so many years. He encouraged me, he fed me, he taught me everything. He told me I was going to be the church but I just denied him three times. Jesus is crucified and then he shows up to Peter and he converts him in John 21. He shows up and he says, Peter, loveth thou me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. 
Peter, lovest thou me? You know that I love you, Lord God. Then feed my sheep. Peter, lovest thou me? Lord, you know that I love you. The covenant is made. That second covenant is made. Feed my sheep. Feed my people. Strengthen the brethren. Peter walked with Jesus in the promise, but the power through the cross strengthened Peter even more. It's the blood covenant that raised Peter to new life. It's the blood covenant through Jesus Christ that raised you and I to new life. And there's more in this life. It's the covenant that will extend our territory. It's the covenant with Abraham that extended his territory into many nations. It's the covenant with Peter that is about to do great works. When we believe that there may be just more than the promise. Peter's preaching in Acts 3,000 get saved at Pentecost. The lame man is healed at the gate of beautiful. Peter goes to jail, but the angel of the Lord breaks him out. Preaching Jesus crucified, Peter raises Tabitha from the dead. When we live in the promise, we tend to do what we want. We tend to try to help God to figure out our lives. But when we live in the covenant with the Lord God Almighty, we will rest assured that he got it, no matter the health issue, no matter the financial issue that you may walk through, you're going to believe that God has it, that he's going to carry you through this. No matter what, time and time again, if you don't get in the way of him, he'll take care of everything that you need. You're a faithful tither. It comes with being a faithful tither. Trust me. But you walk faithfully. Rest in the spirit of the Lord. You might get anxious, you might get weary, but hold on, hold on, because it's coming. The Lord is going to supply it, amen? I had something this week, I was living on a promise, and I'm telling you, the promise got broken, and it broke my heart, it ripped me out, but there was a covenant between two hearts, and it all smoothed out the way God would have it to. And all I could do was cry and weep because of it. In the covenant, we're relying solely on God. If you're not a faithful tither, read Malachi 3. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain, that you can't control. Try it and see. I'm one that, that did. Amen. How about by the stripes of Jesus we're healed? There are many times that we want to rush issues, that maybe we need to fast and pray. Because when the doctor calls you and he says, hey, listen, you can't eat past six o'clock, you have no problem stopping your food. And you go in the next morning, when's the last time you ate? 6 p.m., sir, just like you asked me. I'm not against doctors, I'm not opposed. You know, when Trevor had a knee injury, we flew all the way to California and a man of God called out his knee problem. He didn't go to the altar with the right attitude, but God still worked it out whenever we got home. 10 days later, whenever we're at the appointment, two cancellations came and a week later we were in there having knee surgery. That's the God that we serve. We weren't anxious for nothing. We're just resting in his presence, wanting him to do what he can do. Amen? Hmm. There's more. It is great to be a whosoever and to have our names written in heaven. 
It's the most important thing. Jesus tells us in 10 and 20, Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There's nothing greater but the promise on this earth. I believe that there's more. But God said, get thee out. Jesus said, follow me. In order to stay ahead, you must follow the Lord. Let me sink that into you again. In order to stay ahead, you must follow the Lord. Mark, he says, go into all nations and preach the gospel. In closing tonight, Hebrews 11 and 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That is what it takes. A step of faith. Every time that there's an altar call, it's a step of faith to get out of your seat and come down here. Every time you hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to you, it's a step of faith to move. Mindy, it was a step of faith to get up that next day. That's your testimony. We all walk through something. But it's faith in Christ Jesus. It's faith in God the Father who sacrificed the only begotten Son so that we could have eternal life. It's faith in Him, but it takes a step for the covenant to continue to work. If you just sit back and do nothing, what are you doing at all? So get out of your comfort zone. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. You're valuable to the kingdom of heaven. You're valuable to Jesus Christ. He gave himself for you. You're valuable. No matter what you think about yourself, you are valuable and God wants to use you for his glory, for his kingdom. There's something inside of you that's so special that he's trying to get out of you. And all that you got to do is say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Just use me. You're his workmanship. You're created for his glory. Listen, you're filled with Holy Ghost spirit and power. And he wants to pour it out. And he will, when you pour it out, he'll fill you back up with it. How do you get filled up? You read this. You just don't come in here and wait for the shepherd to feed you. You read this. You get filled up so you can pour it out. You just don't wait for the shepherd to feed you. You read it yourself. You eat of the word so that you can pour out. And then God gives you revelation. You're his good works. Let God extend your territory. You're an, you're an ambassador for Christ. So I encourage you to take the land as he's asked us to do. Amen? That's what I got for you tonight. If you would, stand to your feet. I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I know that this wasn't a salvation message, but it's a Sunday night, and, and most of the time people on Sunday night are the people who's trying to grow and people who's wanting more of God, and it's here tonight for you. He says, here's the promise. Jesus died on a cross for you, and all you gotta do is believe in him. All you gotta do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he raised from the dead and that he can be your savior. If you don't know Jesus, tonight's the night of salvation. Today's the day of salvation. I'd encourage you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Is there one here tonight that would say, I don't, I've never confessed Jesus. 
as a believer, I would tell you today, in order to stay ahead, you gotta follow the Lord God Almighty. This altar's open. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know how close you're following him. I don't know if you want more of him or not. But as Adam sings, I would encourage you to come to this altar. If nothing else, I'd encourage you to come and say, thank you, Lord God, that I'm able to stand up tonight, that I'm able to have a breath in my lungs. There was a young man that walked in there this morning, told me about his nephew that was just born. And he needs a heart transplant, but he can't have it until he's a year old. And then we did a procedure on Friday and it worked out for him. And we gotta continue to pray that this young boy has life until God can give him that transplant. You're blessed to be where you're at. And I encourage you to just say thank you unto God the Father who saved you, redeemed you, and called you out of the miry clay, delivered you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we open ourselves up tonight to you. Have your way in this place, Lord God. Here we are. Fill us up so we can go this week and advance your kingdom and pour out your glory and impact other people's lives, Lord God. Father, we ask your blessing in the name of Jesus and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 